Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. There are so many moments in life when we choose to silence our intuition, abandon our own voice, and play small because we wonder deep down, do I know who I really am? Is who I really am enough? It's courageous work to learn to live from our essential identity, loved, worthy, whole. But what if God is calling us to shamelessly recover the woman or man he created us to be? What if God is urging us to be? for the very first time in our lives, Brazen. And I am thrilled to have the author of Brazen, The Courage to Find the You That's Been Hiding, Leanna Tankersley, with us on the line from San Diego. Leanna is the author of Breathing Room. She and her husband, Steve, are in San Diego, California, with their three beautiful children, Luke, Lane, and Elle. And you can read all about Leanna and her writing, Living from the Spacious Place, on her blog at leannatankersley.com. Calm. And Leanna, I know that you're probably enjoying the sunshine <laughs> and the heat of beautiful San Diego. So welcome. <laughs> thank you. So welcome much. to the show. And thank you for having me, Melinda. And I won't I won't say too much about the weather here because you will be slightly envious, if not very envious. Yeah, I know. You know, Leanna, I loved what resonated with me, what I loved is this word brazen. I don't hear that much. I don't mm-hmm. hear it being said much. Why that word? What was it about that word and the definition of the word that captured you enough to write a book? Absolutely. Well, I think you're right. It's not a word that we hear very often. Maybe we hear brave or we hear courageous, which are really strong, powerful words in and of themselves. But I came across the dictionary definition of the word brazen, and it's without shame. And it just stuck with me as this word that is um, kind of perfectly encapsulates the the way that I think so many of us really want to live. So many of us are living out of a place, um, like you were talking about earlier where maybe we're hiding or we're we're unsure of who we are in the world and I love this idea of living from that that brazen self um, that self that's without shame mm. and I, I kind of came across the word funny story we were my husband's in the Navy he's in the military um, and we were living overseas in the Middle East stationed there with his job and we had um, three very young children at the time we had moved over there boy girl twins are our first kids and so our twins were about three and I had just had a baby overseas, so we had a newborn, and I was just in a very overwhelming season of life. And I think for whatever reason, any of us can relate to being in an overwhelming season of life, whether it's uh, parenthood, whether it's a trauma, um, whether it's displacement, being far away from home, we can we know what it's like to be in a season of life where, oh my gosh, I cannot breathe. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I was at. And we were overseas, like I said, and, and where we were living was very, very beige, beige sand, beige sky, beige buildings. And my, my exterior landscape of all of this beige was like very much reflecting my interior landscape. And I was just mm-hmm. feeling the blahs. And again, I think that a lot of people can relate to that where it's just like, man, I just, I'm, I feel kind of buried by life. And I feel the blahs. I feel beige. And I was sitting in my car on this dirt road, sand road, and this, this water started running next to my car. And someone up the street was washing their car in their driveway. And so all this gutter water was running past me, sludgy gutter water. And I just, it caught my eye and I was looking at it. And then all of a sudden, on that gutter water were these tissue paper petals that had flown in the wind off of a bougainvillea plant nearby, Mm -hmm. and they were hot pink. 
I mean, the brightest fuchsia you can picture in your mind. And they were riding on this gutter water down the side of the road. And it was like, it took my breath away. It was Mm -hmm. all of a sudden this shot of pink in the midst of all of this beige. And the word that just came out of my mouth, ironically, was brazen. I said it out loud in my car to myself, how brazen. And I attached to that word. Like, I think we are all looking for that kind of hot pink center and that way of living that sort of takes our breath away when so many of us are kind of stuck in the beige. Mm -hmm. And so I just started writing about that, what it would look like to emerge from this season that felt overwhelming and blah, and to kind of go in search of those parts of me, those hot pink parts of me that had potentially been lost. Mm -hmm. You know, I it, I resonate with that because, you know, in even just sort of like the tagline of your book, you know, finding the courage to find the you that's been hiding. Do you think, mm-hmm. Liana, so many of us are hiding? Do you think many of us are really not truly living our true self or being who we really are? Well, I think it's a great question. And I think um, twofold. I mean, I think, yes, the answer is yes. If you go back to the original uh, two humans that were put on this earth, Adam and Eve, you know, in response to their decisions in the Garden of Eden, what did they do? They hid. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a natural response, I think, almost like a, um, a protection, a, a, a coping mechanism when we know, like, I don't know what to do here, so I think I'm going to hide. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, I think we come by it naturally as human beings, frankly. And I love that scene in the garden where um, where God is calling to Adam and Eve, and He's saying, uh, "Where are you?" And I feel like that's sort of the call to so many of us that God sort of like we get to a point in life and we kind of feel that nudge where God's saying to us, "Where are you? Where are you?" I also think that some of it is not something we're doing on purpose or maliciously or to be a fraud or fake. I think sometimes we just go through seasons where parts of us really beautiful beautiful, soulful parts of us just go dormant. You know, again, that could just be through uh, because we're overwhelmed or because we've gone through um, a tragedy or a trauma and parts of us just go to sleep for a while. And we're not purposefully hiding those parts of ourselves, I don't think, but um, we can't access them for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I talk to a lot of people, women in particular, but I think men struggle with this too. And I, this is the phrase I hear. I feel like I've lost myself or I feel like I'm losing myself. I don't mm-hmm. know if you hear that. Mm-hmm, but, I do. But, yeah, I feel like that's a common phrase. And I think what what, um, what that means is there's parts of me, like really important parts of me that I feel like I can't access. And I want to go, I want to go in search of them again. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, yes, I think to answer your question, yes, I think we're hiding or we feel lost and there's parts of us that feel buried and I think it's a common human condition but I don't think we have to stay there I don't think that's the end of the story yeah and I think that's a good point because I think for a lot of people that are hiding it's because you're saying I don't want people to really know kind of the dirt and grime and the ugliness of myself like I you know I I don't I don't want them to know because then a I won't be accepted or b people will judge me or c I won't be invited to things or d you know what I mean like (laughs) and you sit there and you can you can immobilize yourself and and sit in absolute fear if you think that too long, right? And I think, you know, even for me, there have been moments in my season of life and my journey that that has... I have sat there and thought that. Um, and I think that's why I think that what I like about Brazen is this boldness to kind of step out Absolutely. from that and be like, here I am, you know, um, in full openness, open handedness, you know, accept me because I know God does. Right. Absolutely. And I think this is sort of a phrase I've been thinking about lately. And I wrote it in the book. You know, I think sometimes God's saying to us, yeah, I got it. You're not perfect. Like, I know that. <laughs> but do you know that you're beautiful? 
And I think if we sat in that for a while, you know, like, like even just spent some time with ourselves and just thought, you know, what, what does it mean to me that like, okay, the gig's up. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. I don't need to try to be perfect. But, but there is an essential beauty about me because I'm created, because I'm creating God's image, because he said it is good mm-hmm. when he created me. You know, okay, so, so what does that mean? And, and is that something that I can believe, that I'm fully loved, that I am beautiful, that I have something to offer, um, that there are parts of me that are, that are, that are beautiful beautiful and soulful and need to be celebrated, um, you know, can I sit in that and, and accept that? And, you know, part of my journey with all of this, honestly, Melinda, has just been, it's, it's, it's coming to terms with this part of me that is very human. You know, like, yes, I am a human. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to have to begin again in my life with my kids, with my husband, with my work, with my friends. Um, I, I ha- Part of this journey is sort of accepting my humanity. And then, though, realizing that being a human is, um, there's, there's beautiful nuances to that. And and there are important nuances to that, that there is a God piece inside of me. Yeah, I, I come from dirt, but there's also some a divine injection inside of me, too. And so can I go in search of all of that nuanced part of me and celebrate that? And then, uh, and then have the courage to start bringing some of that to the table, you know, bringing my true voice. What do I really think about things? You know, it's so easy to just sort of go with the party line or mm-hmm. um, not always say what we really think. This is a nuance and part of the book, you know, of, um, okay, what does it mean to like really show up to the table with my full voice and, and, and be who I am, like you're talking about, and let other people start seeing that. Lena, what was your aha moment in this? Because, I mean, obviously for all of us women, we have our own story. We have things. You've, you've had kids. You're married. But what, were, what was a point for you, whether it was a really difficult time and then it was an aha to say, I, I want to, I really want to be free. I want to be free from, you know, shame and fear-based living and, and move towards, you know, this life of, you know, freedom and belonging. Yeah. Oh, that's beautifully put. I, I think... Um, the aha for me was going through an extended season, probably about five years. I already kind of shared a little bit about us moving overseas. And um, then, at, you know, we, we returned back to San Diego after my husband's tour in the Middle East was at, we were there almost two years. Mm-hmm. And we came home with a one-year-old and two four-year-olds. And I think in, in the most perfect circumstances, having two four-year-olds and a one-year-old is difficult. Um, at the time, I really had no capacity to muster any compa- compassion for myself. I just mm-hmm saw myself as, because this is hard, I'm failing. And um, if I weren't failing, this would not be so difficult. I can look back now and, and really extend a lot of compassion to myself. Those were extenuating circumstances, extraordinary circumstances, and it was really hard. Um, but I went, I think I went through a very prolonged season of just feeling um, really, really down on myself, letting all of those toxic voices in my head uh, rule the day. And if you go through four, five years of really just believing the lies of those toxic voices in your head, mm-hmm. it beats you down, right? And and you become like maybe almost like a shell of who you're really supposed to be. And you're in a season really of what I, I would call like survival mode, yeah. you know? And I think there are times in life where it's okay. We can't, we're in survival mode. We just sort of need to sit on the floor and we need to breathe and we need to ask God to come sit with us and put his arm around us and be there with us, you know? But I think the aha for me is realizing that once I started to feel a tiny bit of base arriving in our lives, okay, my twins went to kindergarten. Okay, here's some space. I have more time to rest and take care of myself and breathe. And there's some there's some room, some breathing room arriving into my life. All of a sudden, I realize I don't want to keep living in survival mode. I don't want to keep living just sort of making it through the day. Mm. I want to emerge 
that's the word that kept coming to me. It was like, I want to emerge into my own life. I want to be the hot pink bougainvillea petals instead of the gutter water, you know? And I was longing for that. I was longing for more life, more freedom, like you said, and more of a sense of I'm okay. I'm doing okay. And I think with that, more of a capacity to say, my life is it's hard. It's a struggle, but it's mm-hmm. also beautiful and I'm grateful for it. And I want to feel that. I want to inhabit that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my aha was the desire, all of a sudden this desire to want to kind of emerge and be in my life more and not just kind of like, okay, I'm just surviving. I'm just surviving. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, that was when I was like, I want to go in search of these parts of me that I feel like have been lost or buried or silenced or that I have allowed these toxic voices to tell me are worthless or that are failing. And I want to kind of fight back a little bit. You know, like I have a little more nerve. Mm-hmm. And that's also, it's funny, if you look up brazen in the dictionary, some of the other definitions are like nervy and bold-faced and audacious. Like I kind of want to get in the face of these voices that are telling me to kind of sit down and shut up and, <laughs> um, you know, be small. Yeah, I love those words. And I think now, Leanna, is how. How do we find that courage to find the real me uh, that I've kept hidden away or I, I've been feeling so much shame on things I've done in my past or things that I'm not, you know, thrilled about. And now I need to kind of take that next step to be truly free in who I am. What would you say? What's the how on that? Well, that's, that's, you know, so important because these are great concepts, but how do we land these into our lives and Mm -hmm. start practicing emerging, right? Like we were talking about, I think that's great. Well, what a couple things that have been, have been helpful to me. One is something that I call 20 minutes of soul time. And um, I think that a lot of us have been really good at listening to what other people say, like experts, let's talk, let's say, or um, people that we, we deem to be kind of um, guides in our lives. And we, we can be really good at listening to what they have to say, their advice, um, that kind of thing. And then we can be really good at sitting down and sort of um, listening to God, like whether that's reading the Bible or that's reading a, um, a Christian book or something like that. And okay, what does God have to say on this subject? I think what many of us have done, though, is we've neglected sitting down and listening to ourselves. Hmm. There are so many parts of us that um, have, that know, we have, we, uh, many of us have a really keen intuition that we've kind of abandoned. We've said, well, I can't really be a trusted um, observer in my own life. I'm not really a trusted source. And so we've kind of abandoned listening to ourselves. And I think one of the big hows is taking time to sit down and listen to our own souls. And um, what I do is I have a a spot in my house. It's it's our back patio. And it's just a spot that I like, and it's pretty, and and I like the way the wind comes through the palm trees back there. You know, we're in San Diego in Southern California, so we have palms all over the place. And I just like that spot, and it kind of, I feel like it's a safe place for me. So I just encourage people to find a place that can be inside or outside. Um, You know, maybe you want to light a candle or you want to pour your your favorite cup of tea, and you go sit in that spot, and and maybe you take a really pretty journal. You know, maybe even go buy yourself a really pretty journal, like you you bribe yourself to do this. And and I just set the the, um, timer on my phone for 20 minutes. Some of you are laughing, like, I don't have 20 minutes. I have two minutes, you know. I understand that. Believe me, I've been there. You set, set the alarm on your phone for two minutes. And you just sit and you, um, and you say, okay, soul, it's kind of funny. Okay, soul, what do you have to say to me today? Mm-hmm. And you write, you, you kind of take notes for your own soul. What are you wanting? What are you longing for? What are you feeling anxious about? And you start to um, listen, really listen to what's going on inside of you. And I found that that can be 
um, a way that we start really getting in touch with, like, maybe we're really angry, Hmm. or maybe we're um, really lonely, or maybe we're really excited about painting. And we didn't even realize how excited we were about painting. We need to reconnect with that part of ourselves. So um, it sounds very simple, but over time, I have found that this is a way that we can start a dialogue with ourselves about, um, okay, what's really down in there? And what have I neglected? And do what you can. This is not a shame-based exercise. We're not looking like, okay, you have to do it at every morning at 5 a.m. for 40 minutes. You know, this is just when you can. Yeah, and you know what? Dialogue. Leanna, it's a little scary because there are moments where I've done that. And I've realized I've had to confront some things about me because it's so easy in this society. You keep going, you keep going, you keep busy, which then helps you not spend time with yourself and identify things. I have found the most learning about me has been what you're saying. And it can be a little, it can be good, but it can be scary because then you are confronted with yourself. No one's saying anything (laughs) about you. No, you're not like, yeah, you're not like covering up your life and not having to deal with your stuff when you're busy doing things or at a dinner party or going to parties or doing whatever. You are by yourself. And I feel then God says, thank you. And now I can speak to you and say a few things or affirm you or actually say that there's some things in your character that you need to just identify. <laughs> right. And and yeah, I, it I is know. good. It's scary, but it actually is really good for us. It's it's a good soul searching uh, times, right, in moments. Absolutely. And I, again, like what I was saying, I think that it's just not, it's a practice that we can very easily neglect. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's it's just sharpening that um, sense of, of who we are so that we can start to get to know that person that maybe has been dormant or hiding that's inside us. And I think, too, you know, we have to start also understanding the difference between conviction and condemnation. Mm-hmm. And God's voice is, con- you know, is convicting sometimes, and it's hard. Of course it's hard, but it's, it's inviting us to movement. You know, there's, it's inviting us forward, forward. Whereas that toxic voice is the voice of condemnation. It just wants to keep us in a closed loop. You know, if you feel like you're just on a closed loop of, of shame and fear, that's the toxic voices. That's not God's voice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I feel like the toxic voice just wants to put us on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Right? We're just running to nowhere. Mm-hmm. We're running to nowhere. And um, so that's also important in that full time, is if you're starting to feel these um, these other voices come in, to, to write them down and, and kind of tease them out. Okay, who's talking to me right now? And something I like to do, um, to your point, because this can get, intense sometimes is if, if we do feel like there's this toxic message coming at us, like, wow, you're such a failure at being a mother, um, or, you know, you're never going to get it right, or, um, you know, whatever that message is, that you're, you're not enough, mm-hmm. um, to write it down and then to talk back to it. You know, sometimes I think we, um, we just immediately say, go away, go away, go away. Sometimes the best thing we can do is welcome that voice in and then say, you know what, I hear you. I hear that you want to you want to um, knock me down today. You want to silence me. You want to keep me stuck. But um, you're not going to be in charge anymore. I'm sorry. You can come in and sit down with me here in the back patio, but you're not going to be the one in charge. And, you know, it's kind of this funny, like, taking the power back, because a lot of us feel like we've lost our power. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. 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 So I think those are some ways that we can um, start internalizing and start teasing out, okay, who is this person inside of me that, that wants to be out? And then... Um, also, start revealing these findings and that person to, to, to the people in your life that you really trust. You know, find a friend or two and, and be open with them about, okay, this is, this is something I'm really thinking about and struggling about. Or, you know, I do have this really strong desire to go and take a class with maybe a hobby that you used to be interested in. And start 
sharing that with people who will encourage you and love you and are for you. And that's another way to kind of, okay, I'm going to be courageous in, um, in letting myself out a little bit. That's good. Now, that also takes risks. You talk about risks, right, within mm-hmm. your book. Mm-hmm. Talk about that because I, there's a lot of people that just play it safe. And risk sounds scary. And yet there's other friends of mine who are like, no, they're all about risk-taking to the extreme. <laughs> and then there's sure, others who are like, sure. mm, risk, I just want to be safe and secure and, and play it safe. And so there's the balance. But you talk about risks. What, what would you say to that? Yeah, it's great. And, you know, I think um, one of the things with the, t- with the title Brazen, you know, is like we're not talking about being um, obnoxious and out there just for the sake of being mm-hmm. like wild and crazy, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, because that, that is adolescence, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're, and we're all kind of risk. Uh, we have our, our own risk tolerances. But I think so we have to kind of define what risk is for each of us. And risk is something that inherently requires courage. I love the idea uh, I think it's the um, the etymology of the word courage. I think it's from the Latin, and the word is core, and it's the same word for heart. Mm. And it's this idea of being people of the heart. You know, that's what a, that's what it means to be courageous is to live from the heart. And so, um, for me, taking a risk is knowing when I'm stepping forward and I'm moving into my life from my heart, or I'm doing it from a place of condemnation and shame. And so, um, I think you know, I sh- yeah, I share some stories um, like some different people that um, that I really, uh, some stories of risk that I really responded to in the book. And this idea that, you know, it's hard to be, um, it's hard to be out there. You, you are, um, you open yourself up to criticism. You make yourself very vulnerable when you step in the ring and um, you open yourself up to being hurt. And, but I have found that, um, you know, being in control all the time doesn't offer the gifts that being open can. And mm-hmm. so, um, but I, sometimes we have to, you know, we have to try and we have to um, let ourselves be open to, um, okay, to, to that living from the heart, you know, but it's not easy, like you said, because it's hard to feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lena, what would you say, we're sort of concluding up the show, if there's a woman or man sitting there going, you know what, I'm just feeling defeated. You've said all these great things about courage and heart, and I'm just not there. And brazen isn't even in my, <laughs> isn't even in my dictionary, isn't even in my language. Yeah. What yeah. What would your I, encouragement be to those people? You know, as as they go, I want to be there, I'm not there. Can I be there? I don't know if I want to be there, or I want to really be there. I just don't know how to start. What would you say? Yeah, I think first of all, I understand, and I and I've been there. I've been in those seasons where I'm just sort of reduced and I'm on the floor and breathing is about as much as can be accomplished mm-hmm. in the day. And I, I get that, you know, and um, perhaps there are seasons where we really need to focus on just taking care of ourselves and we need to focus on, um, on healing and recovering. And um, I get that. I totally get that. But then at some point, you know, I, I kind of liken it to being, you know, we're in the belly of the whale for a while. And at some point, we need to be spit up onto the shore of our own lives, you know, and um, be willing to emerge from all of that. Uh, I found in my own life that um, getting with someone who can kind of help guide me out of that is, is often the, the, um, the most powerful, whether that's a, a, a small group of friends, whether that's like a trusted expert, like a counselor or a pastor who can help walk with me um, into a more courageous path. Um, 
I get it, and I think that um, it's about timing and it's about seasons, but I also think at some point there's going to be that little nudge on your soul, and it's going to be an invitation to say it's time. It's time to fight back against the shame. It's time to fight back against the fear. It's time to get yourself some help and some support. And my encouragement would be to have courage to respond to that nudge because I believe that um, we all want to participate in our own lives. We all want to feel uh, the gratitude and joy and um, excitement that is a part of living. And, um, and so, you know, what I would say is um, you have the strength, you have the resilience uh, within you. It's already there, and, um, and I'm cheering you on, and I believe in you to get the support that you need to be um, living from the heart in your own life. Beautiful. Thank you, Leanna Tankersley, author of Brazen, The Courage to Farm the You That's Been Hiding. You also can hear more from her on her blog, LeannaTankersley.com, and you can pick up her book on Amazon.com and a lot of other retail outlets too. Leanna, thank you so much. That was so encouraging, and I think now it should be hashtag brazen. Everybody should be a part of that, Um, and I think – for me, after hearing from you, I'm just encouraged to kind of move out from some of the things that I've been hiding, some of the kind of like apathetic ways I've, you know, been. And uh, I love that moving from shame and fear-based living towards a life that is based on love and belonging. So thank you so much for your words and your encouragement with us here on Your Story with Melinda. I love it. Thank you so much for having me, Melinda. Awesome. Thanks so much. I'm so grateful for authors and bloggers like Leanna Tankersley who share honestly from the heart. And I love the word brazen that she used. It means without shame. And we need more opportunities and people to encourage us to move from shame and fear-based living towards a life that is based on love and belonging. But it's going to take courage. It's going to take that brazen attitude to stop hiding and fronting and come open and honestly to the world about ourselves. And what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, so people judge us and people don't invite us out or, or people misconstrue these perceptions about us. But I think that once we know who we are in Christ, that we have a community that accepts us for who we are, we finally can live in freedom, fully alive, and who God has designed us to be. That is brazen. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.